before I interviewed you, I thought we were going to have a more political conversation. Yeah. And it could, maybe it's because you look like that guy that I told you about, the, the, guy, the history yeah. guy or whatever. But also... Well, I can come back and do that. Well, I'm that'd certain. be great, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I, I wasn't expecting this conversation. Hello, and welcome to How Did You Get Here? I'm your host, Rob Drapeau, and this is Episode 7. This week, I have a ridiculously long conversation with my friend Mark Rothermel. He is a former student of mine from the Kino Institute and now a parent at the same school where my children go. And he is a very interesting fellow and this conversation took me quite by surprise and I hope you enjoy it. And it's already long, so I won't waste any more time on this intro. Hi. Hello. How'd you get there? Yeah, I was I was ready for the Welsh uh, intro, and uh, yeah, I wish I knew an ounce of Welsh before I should have looked up a word or whatever. But I can't even pronounce. I mean, like the M's or V's, and yeah, and all the whole thing is very strange. I think it's done just to confuse tourists. You know, the way that on the road signs. Yeah, uh, that, would, that would make sense. Keep keep people from venturing into areas they shouldn't. And, and yeah, you know, uh, do you know the Mitchell and Webb look? You ever heard of those guys? No. Uh, they're a British comedy uh, group. They've got some really, really funny stuff. Um, one of them is about, um, it's like, it's a spoof of a, of a house flipping show. And they, they do this thing where they, they come into the bathroom and the, the couple that are looking for the house don't comment on the avocado green bathtub. And the, the host is like, I think you're going to want to re you know, do another take of this. And, uh, you know, he says, well, why? He says, because uh, avocado green famously clashes with, you know, the, you know, baby's bottoms. And like, yeah, like it's really funny and I'm not going to rehash the whole thing, but the guy that's in it, one of the guys, I don't know if it's Mitchell or Webb, he has a, a bunch of, uh, YouTube, uh, shows yeah, right. about like him sounding off on some topic, you know, kind of like uh, it was Andy Rooney used to do. Yes, for, right. And so one of the ones that he talks about is the revival of Welsh as a language. Yeah. And he said his his whole thing was that Welsh it, it should be preserved among people who speak Welsh. But if if no one's speaking it, then you know that the time for that language has passed, and it's it's time to let it go. You know. Uh, but now we may be inadvertently keeping Welsh alive, like it could be, just, artificially uh, life support. I, I think that's I think that's that's good. If you, um, it's I think it's important to have a language as, um, amongst uh, yourselves to where you can talk in front of people behind their back. My mother uh, doesn't realize that Spanish is not that language here <laughs> in Arizona, and so she's always like telling me something. You know, she'll say something in Spanish, and I'll be like. Mom, it's not code here. It's not you know. Everybody speaks Spanish. Everybody understands a little bit of it. So. Now, to be fair, she's she's Puerto Rican. She's right? Puerto Rican. She could speak English, and that could be code with how fast they uh, can. Speak. Well, yeah, that's right. Yeah, she's in Morse code. Yeah. <laughs> no, now she's gonna think that we're making fun of her. We're, well, we're I was not, I was in the army, and you know, so about a third of the army is is Puerto Rican. Puerto Rican. And, and, and they'll just yeah, and it's just like rattling stuff off, and uh, yeah, just kind of. Uh, Do you ever see that? Was that movie uh, uh, the one with the Fairy tale creatures hoodwinked. Do you see that one? No. Uh, it's like a it's a story of Little Red Riding Hood, and okay, but they've they've told it, it but it's actually told in the style of Roshimon, that uh, uh, Japanese movie, where there's like the same story gets told like from four different perspectives. Gotcha. Yes. And so this one, one of the characters is a is a little squirrel that you can't understand because it's talking so fast, 
and they record them and then they play them back at like one eight speed and it's like and that's what i feel that, like sometimes that, that when i'm talking be, to my family in puerto rico so. that would be yeah that would be helpful yeah <laughs> all, right, all right so anyway how so how did you get here so the so you can answer that however you would like you can tell me how you got to the how, do, how you got to be sitting across from me or you can answer how you got to be where you are in your life. I mean, there's some interesting things about you that I learned on the way over here. And uh, I'm going to probably ask you about donuts and sure things like that. But uh, yeah, you can, no, you it, can go however you want and I will endeavor to yeah, absolutely. be quiet. I'll just do a lot of, uh-huh. Uh -huh. Right. So, uh, you know, like most of, uh -huh. like most of Phoenix, I uh, am from Chicago. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I had, I had a friend in college. He was, uh, he introduced himself as Kevin Bozen from Tucson, Arizona, suburb of Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah so. exactly. That's that's exactly right. Like we, we, you joke about, but it is like half our neighborhood is somewhere from Chicago, and so, um, so anyway, I uh, was born and raised in a suburb uh, called uh, Glenview, North Suburb. Oh, right. So, and um, you know, it's I joke in that um, we were we were raised as um, you know Catholic uh, Catholic wasps. Oh, and that's funny. We are, one of two people, uh, one of two, like I had a sister, uh, four years older and, and I and uh, parents and um, our house was very quiet. Like you would, uh, it was just, you know, now I think of it as kind of peaceful. And I remember going to, you know, everybody else was Italian and Irish and everybody was, everybody was Catholic. And so I didn't think anything of it being Catholic as well. Uh, but my dad was actually Methodist, so we were right. a little bit mixed. Um, but in general, if you really read about Methodism, it's kind of... It's a lot more Catholic than anything else, because I guess technically, technically the Anglican Church is not, never considered themselves Protestants. I just found that out like a month or two ago. Yeah, that, that's well, the, that's what they think. Yeah, yeah they, I mean they are obviously. In, yeah. In, well, in, I remember there was a joke about the Anglican Church. There's some some Anglican bishop or something was saying that you know in the 1500s when the Church of Rome broke off from the Anglican Communion, right. yes. you know, like wait, wait a minute. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they, they they feel like they well, it's funny because the Church of England they they say it's a Catholic body with a Protestant soul. Yeah, and it's um, I mean it's it's you know frankly it's it's sad where where it is now in relation yeah. to the to the truth, but um, but it is I still think um, ultimately. It makes me sad, and um, you know, I think you talked about it in in class when you're teaching. To where, like, we've really, you know, lost. I think the turns of phrases by losing the English communion, you know, because oh, you just, I just think to where, you know, like the King James phrase phraseology is in every sort of American literature. Yeah. And we don't have it anymore. And yeah. you think about it to where... Oh, the NAB uh, is a horrible... Oh, I mean, the uh, NAB is horrible, and, and not to sound like Anthony Esselin, but um, but yeah. it is one of those where what I talk about actually with uh, with Greg at STA, the, the choir director, mm -hmm. um, is like non-Anglican non or non-English hymns, you know, purely Catholic hymns are awful. Yeah. Other, unless they're singing about Mary, Mary hymns are great. Non, not you mean the translation of the non-English hymns, or just in general, like a Catholic, a Catholic-only hymn. You know, that, you know anything essentially not written by Charles Wesley or. Oh, that's funny. Uh, well, what about the French hymns, like "Let All Mortal Flesh Keep"? Those are, yes, those are good when they translate that way. But English Catholic, um, outside of Faber, you know, who basically saw himself like everybody talks about Newman, but Frederick Faber came over. And said, "We've got to write 
English hymns as well as Charles Wesley that are Catholic hymns. Yeah. And he wrote, uh, you know, there's a wideness in God's mercy That's and good. all of your good English hymns, you know, have that. But, you know, frankly, the NAB, you lose, you know, how many, how many phrases that are in, in the water of anything that you read literature wise, um, came from the King James translations. Yeah. And now we don't. And so how, you know, how do you, how do you really pick up on the richness of the text, you know, of the, of the Bible without it obviously being inspired by the Holy Spirit? And obviously it's God's word and that's great. But when you, when you translate it incorrectly, it's, you know, it's, um, it's frustrating. Like case in point, um, I was just talking about in James and you see it throughout, you know, the translation of husbandmen into uh, husbandman yeah into yeah. which is an archaic form of farmer yeah but when you really read the text in the Douay rhymes which is pretty good not as good as the, the kjv of well of, it, was, it preceded it and i think yeah. i think a lot of the kingdom it's version pretty is actually based on yeah it's but the they kind of tightened up the phrasing to where like some of the Douay rhymes you just think i don't even understand what they're talking about yeah. you know we're there it 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 becomes much more literary. But what's interesting is you go and read, I was doing on James 5, and um, you go and read, and clearly the reference is, isn't is to a guy tilling the field. It's to the fertilize, fertil, fertilization and, you know, and essentially the role of the father. Yeah, so and, that's actually, you know, I have this idea for a book that I want to write eventually, and it's based on this idea of of that archaic word husband because... Adam, when he's in the garden, is is the husband of Eve, but he's also the husband of the garden. Right. And so he's, he's called to till and cultivate the land and and be lord of all the animals before the fall. And and so that's, you know, a lot of people think that work is a curse from the fall, but the work existed before the it. The toil is the curse. The, yeah, the, the, yeah. The, the, the hard work and the lack of fruit. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's supposed to be that husbanding, you know, where where it it, it doesn't it, it means more than what I mean. I like I like what you're saying yeah. you know, that it has to do with kind of drawing out the fertility of the of the things that are in your care and making it um, productive. And, yeah, and I I was you know of course because it was an exegesis, so you could really start going. And I kind of made the point around when you're breaking down these terms from their clearly male and female role of things. You know, you're just kind of beginning the, it's almost like pushing the boulder to the edge of breaking everything down. And yeah. and it's easy to kind of make that point to where it's like, well, the bigger message of James is obviously you got to do work and, you know, and, and, and of course it was all about let's get prepared for martyrdom and let's get prepared that people aren't going to receive Christians, you know, Christians well. But the, <clears throat> just the little thing around husbandmen. Um, is important, and you know, and, and you miss that in the New American. Yeah, you don't yeah. have you have farmer. Everything is yeah. farmer, and even in RSV, like because yeah. it's it's an archaic word. Yeah, and so it's just interesting to me to where there were you know we, there's a lot of there's I mean in Romance languages you know there's always in German as well everything's you know female male or neutral you know as far as the language creation yeah. and English has kind of dulled that out and um, and I think well you know I don't know. If, Modern English, maybe right, because there's a lot of words in English Correct. that. that yeah. uh, I would say they've uh, doled it out now. Yeah, yeah. And well, and we're actually going back to hieroglyphics, right, with the uh, emojis and. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Uh, and it's weird when people can read the emojis and like my my kids, they know what all yeah. this stuff means. I have no idea what it means. But, yeah, um, it's <clears throat> that you know. I don't. Were you an English major? Uh, more or less, yeah. Okay, I was an I I had an English mother, um, as far as like 
very into grammar. Oh, sure. And yeah. so grammar to me, it just it's like nails on a chalkboard when people don't use whom properly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or when they um, and so I'm I'm like that with my kids, and I always just point out, go to the liturgy because it's always right. It's it's not blessed is him. Right. It's, it's blessed is he. And so, and you know that, you know, that it's not the objective case on is, you know, and so just yeah, like get that into your head because you're right. And so I always, um, um, like on, on, I don't, this might be. But get that into your head because you're, you're right. Meaning Mark Rothermel's kids are right because you've been trained correctly or. Yeah, that your grammar is proper. You should never apologize for improper grammar is my point. Even when. For, for proper grammar? You should never, correct. Thank you. You should never apologize for speaking properly when someone calls you on it. I mean, you look at, uh, I mean, the thing that drives me nuts is, uh, which I've sworn off, generally sworn off social media and and have for Lent and it's, and it's very helpful, but like Twitter has who to follow. Yeah. And that just drives me nuts. Oh, you know, I was so happy one time I went to a grocery store and I saw a sign that said 15 items or fewer. So, and I I just, I'm shopping there now. Yes. (laughs) You know, Target originally did that and they got rid of it. And the reason they got rid of it is because people didn't understand the difference between less and fewer. Oh my gosh. And that was my whole point to my kids. It's like, just because, you know, other people don't know proper English, don't ever kind of take the idea to where people act like, oh, that's no big deal or no proper English is correct. And English is a rich language and you should know it properly. Yeah. And, and so, so, uh, there's, there's, uh, exceptions to this, right? So there's, because there's, you have, you have descriptivists who are saying this is the way language ought to be no matter what, because it's the way that it's always been. And here's the dictionary. And and then you have, oh, sorry, that's prescriptivists, Prescriptivists, right? The ones who are are saying it has to be this way. Then you have descriptivists that are saying things are, you know, that language naturally evolves. It's a living thing. And so, uh, so I remember for me, it was when people started using the word sick to mean good, I was like, uh, no, a cool is already the best word out there. I mean, yes. and, and it, you know, and you have to be cool to use cool properly. And, you know, so like, it's a great word. It, it, it covers like all these bases, but when you start saying, oh man, that's sick. That's to me, that's confusing. And it's also like subverting reality, you know, to say that something that is sick is, is wholesome or good, or, you know, to me, that's, that's a weird perversion. But, but I do think that there's some, there's some evolutions in language that are kind of inevitable. And, uh, you know, so hopefully, for example, when are you coming over? Hopefully, you know, you're not actually coming no. over full of hope. hope no. you know, this, I, mean, I hope that I'm coming over and it's or like, you're awful not, is another one. Yeah. And you're not going to, you're not going to win that battle. And the other one is knock, knock, who's there. Nobody says it's I, you yeah. know, it's always going to be, it's me, but, uh, so I, I still correct him on that. And I always say when I answer the phone and especially with a telemarketer or something, I always say, this is he, because I want them to understand, you know, to, to understand, well, why did he say that? I, I hope that I'm doing my part. That's good. A little the, bit of evangelism. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. It's um, grammatical, but the one, those things are annoying. The things that upset me, not, you know, physically or, or emotionally, but you know, I really watch are turns of phrases that have changed meaning. Oh, okay. Tell me, because I, I should write the one that I'm thinking of down. Okay. But Mine is, instead of I think this, I think this, it's I feel this, okay. I feel this. I feel we have a real issue here. I feel that, like, everyone uses that. And feeling is emotional. But what you really are doing, you sh- this should be a thoughtful process in your head. Like, I, I, I feel we should cancel school. 
well, should we, or shouldn't you think this through? And so feel is replaced thought. And yeah. I've just noticed things trickle down to where we're, we're going down this path of thinking, being emotionally based on about every decision is more important than thinking yeah, about it. I think that that comes from 70s marriage counselors who are saying, no, you can't tell your wife that she's this way. You have to say, when you act like this, I feel yes. this way because you can't, you can't, you can't argue with feelings. So the fact that I feel, uh, you know, disrespected or I feel like you take me for granted or whatever, that, that, that can't be argued That's with. That's a better etymology than, than I had. So I, I'm going with that one. I no, think you're exactly yeah. right. The, but, new, the new age. Well, but the know. thing is now you're right though, because people say it all the time and, and they don't realize that, you know, there's a similar one. It's, um, what do you think of that? You know, or, or what, what's your opinion about this? Like, I, well, I would say, like, well, you are saying it. They yeah. Don't don't the would, redundancy. Don't, yeah, of, don't would yeah. say it. You know. And then um, there's another thing. I was. Uh, this is. Did I this, ruin it? Should you have written it down? No, no, no. Oh. It's funny. It's just I saw this. Uh, I saw this meme which cracked me up. It was. Um, you know, you've heard you've heard the the. Uh, uh, there's you've heard this expression where it's like. Uh, so th there's a dialogue, and and I, and I remember it's like prepare for the storm, and you know this. You know, I went outside, and I heard a voice say, "Prepare for the storm," and I said, "I am the storm," or whatever. You know, you ever heard that? I don't know if it, for some reason I'm associating it with the Marines, where it's like, like oh, I do know what you're talking about. I can't think of the reference, but yes, yes. But yes. anyway, there was a, so there was that was a meme for a while, and yeah. it was like, "I am the storm," right, like I'm right. I'm tougher than the adversity that's coming. But then there was another meme that was, uh, it was like death, um, death came to me or, you know, the, you know, the, the grim reaper came and said, uh, uh, your life is required of you or something. And the reply was, but the, in, the, in the original thing on the meme, it's Y-O-U apostrophe R-E. Oh yeah. And so the response was <laughs> your life is required. Yeah. It was the correct thing, you know, yeah. I, and it'll be really funny in the show notes if I find it because I, I can't uh, do a meme on a podcast. No, that's probably nuts. no. But it's funny and you will laugh I, hilariously. Absolutely, I will uh, put that in there. But um, how do you feel about uh, uh, Winston Churchill's? Oh, uh, about the, uh, preposition? the preposition at the end. This yeah. with I cannot. Uh, this is something with which I cannot put. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, up with. Uh, I you know I I understand the the uh, theory around it, and that was something to where um, my mother would. Um, Always, you know, and say, hey, you know, Joe's going to go play football. Can I come with? She always said, come with, come with. And I was like, yeah, that does sound kind of Oh, The one that drove me bananas was uh, my bad when people would yeah. say that. But what's interesting, though, is uh, you'll, you'll hear people say things like, I remember, uh, you know, what was that movie? Rush Hour has that guy, Chris uh, Tucker, that, yes. you know, and he's just like super like fast talking mm -hmm. guy, but he, like he would say something in the movie and, and then he went, nah, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Yeah. And that was, a, that was a, a phrase that I never used before. Like I'm just playing. But what's interesting is I, I think this is interesting in Italian, the word for play, do you know what it is? I should. I took Italian. Oh, yeah, you should because yeah, you took and, Italian. And I am Italian. Well, but... take your hands out of your pockets yeah, and right. see if you let can me, let me figure out. Move yeah, them around. It's, uh, no, I know it's got ere -E at the end for the for the verb. Yeah. But, uh, well, so do you know what it is in Spanish? What? Well, it, so in Spanish, it's jugar. Okay. Right. 
but in in Italian, it's close to that. It's giocare. Giocare, yeah, which but is it, to joke. To joke. Yeah. Which so so when he's saying I'm just playing, he's really saying I'm just joking. Yeah. Which is etymology etymologically the same yeah. thing. So it, you know, I might I might hear that and think, oh, this is substandard, you know, English, but it's yes. really not, you know, and or at least it's it's not that far from from the word that that you would normally expect there. Um, anyway, so I, th- I thought that was kind of interesting, and, and a lot of times there's there's things like that that happen. I can't think of another example, but some where there's some substandard use that actually turns out to be. Uh, you know, yeah, it has it has a precedent. It has a pedigree, yeah. even. You know. and, I, and I'm not against kind of colloquial phrasing or you know or those types of things because because they're certainly they're certainly fine and, and all right. What what I don't like is for, what bothers me the most are when English teachers don't know grammar. Yeah, and it's just I just kind of get thrown off to where. You know how you know grammar is you have to do sentence diagramming. When yeah. Sentence oh diagramming, my God, you you're speaking my love and, language. I mean, this I is... had uh, so seventh grade we had the most intense. It was called the Killer Grammar Unit by Mrs. Lee. That's awesome. Um, she called it that. She called it that. She, uh, another interesting aside to her was she and her husband had a store in the old Germantown area of um, Chicago. And it was called Fibber McGee's. Okay. Which nobody would make the reference anymore, even though I still talk about, you know, the closet of the radio show and stuff would yeah. fall out. For all of your septuagenarian, uh, you know, listeners of the pod, they will, they will certainly enjoy the reference. But yeah, she had Fibber McGee's and it was basically just a junk store. And so, but she would talk about, you know, every, every sort of thing. And the upside down martini glasses was, uh, that your diagram was for gerunds. Yeah. And, um, and I, I corrected a, again, the was back when I was on social media when he talked about um, a writer, which again, he didn't know English. And he talked about, um, you know, golfing, you know, he said, golfing is not the noun or the, not the proper noun. That's a verb or whatever type thing. Basically trying to be correct. And I said, well, actually it's a gerund. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and he came back later and realized, yeah, I should have known that, which I'm sure he just Googled what, but, and Google's reply was you're an idiot. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh. And so, so I, I, um, you know, I just, if you diagram sentences, you will not screw up grammar. Yeah. And, and, and I think you're better at life too, because, I mean, I'm serious because I think it helps you to realize, okay, I can handle this problem that seems insurmountable if I just break it down into its constituent parts, if yes. I kind of think through it. I love diagramming. I think it's, I think it's. Well, to just know what a predicate adjective is versus, you know, this, because then, you know, you would use the who, you know, if it's like, uh, you know, he is who, you know, is proper because it's not an, ob- it's not the objective case. I mean, it's just yeah, things yeah. to where you act as though English is some, you know, mysterious language that you can't solve. And it's like, yeah, maybe about 5% of it. But then you would just, frankly, go into the etymology and see where it came. It Did it come from Latin? Did it come from yeah. this? And, and things like that. And it's like, it doesn't mean you need to go on the script spelling bee. It just yeah. means that you now properly know how to speak, or at least you're not making fun of someone who is speaking properly. Yeah. Um, the worst is I saw an interview with a writer who said, describing the word whom, and he said, "Well, that's just archaic English. We don't use that anymore." Yeah. And I was like, "You need to. You need to have your. You should not be. You should not be paid for your written word." Yeah. Well, the the problem is, it's like irrespective, okay, or irregardless. Sorry, ah, that, that word. Yeah. You know, that one is that's a that's a that's one that really it's easy to make fun of. Yeah. And there's it's there's it's a lost cause. You know, like there's like you're you're not gonna you're not gonna you're not gonna win that one. And so sometimes that happens. 
with language and whom I think, I, I think it's, I'm with you, but, but I'm also like, I'm not sure that's the hill to die on. You well, know, Rob, so. we need to be the remnant. If we yeah. are in the, no, you can uh, still speak. Properly. If we're in the diaspora, you know, waiting for the return, then 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 well, we shall. So now here's the thing, though, right? Like, so the Vulgate, in the Latin mm-hmm. version of the Bible, is called the Vulgate because it was written in the vulgar tongue, right? Right. So the the tongue of the common people. Yes. So now it's it it can be elitist to insist on using the Latin version of, of the scripture or, you know what I mean? So like, it's not the common tongue anymore. Well, I had heard this is, this is history, urban language. So I've never looked it up, but I remembered, you know, learning this in high school history or something. And it was the, the, the and thou was the common way to speak about, you know, to, to people that wasn't, you weren't speaking to royalty. You were speaking to each other as the yeah, and thou. Yeah, familiar. Yeah. And so familiar. That would have saved about 50 words. So yeah. thank you. Um, but, uh, I, they said, or what I had learned was the Quakers referred to each other and God and the, the and thou. And, you know, more of your high church people didn't like that. And so they made the thee and thou antiquated because um, because they didn't want to refer to God in that in that proper context. They didn't like the Quakers doing it that way. Yeah. So I had heard that. I don't know. I I, I don't think that's right. I, it, no, but I but I but it sounds close to what's right. And it's interesting because I actually just read something about this the other day. That so in Spanish. When you talk about God, you use the familiar case. So you always say tú, and and you don't say usted. You don't when, yeah. you're, when you're praying, uh, which is which is interesting, you know, because why would you why would you do that? But in English, I think it was left over that way. Uh, so so that when we say um, thee and thou, that's actually that that actually is the uh, the familiar right case. So that um, they were, I I didn't know for a fact like they, that is the familiar case. Yeah, it is familiar. Yeah, yeah. and so but. Uh, but now it's not. Now we consider it more right. formal because because it's archaic. But what's interesting about it is, uh, especially I have a son right now who's, who's struggling to learn Latin, and and in, in English, so much of the language, the meaning the meaning of the of the sentence and the meaning of the words in the sentence is is syntactical and and kind of communicated by word placement. Mm-hmm. So uh, in in Latin, it's not that way because you actually have those case endings. So. But in but in English in the old days you could say you know um, you know I I'll, I'll give I'll give this to thee you know right and it's to thee and um, you would say thou givest that to me and so thou and thee both mean in now they're both translated as you yeah you know and so you you lose that kind of case distinction like okay this one's the objective case this one's the subjective case or the nominative case but uh, when you when you're trying to explain it. It's it's helpful to know the and thou and thy right when when you're uh, when you're trying to learn a Latin you know language like Latin yeah. that still has the case because our language is the only one that has it out German still has it to where you have the formal and the informal and, yeah um, Italian does and so yeah Spanish you know. does but we never use in 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 the new world you rarely use the familiar plural so like vosotros uh, back in Spain they still use vosotros but yeah. it, over here they don't. Um, so it's interesting, and 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 I my Spanish is is good enough that I can have a conversation with people and they'll they'll be impressed, 
if they're expecting me to be some honky, you know, like right. you know, Yankee guy, gringo, but uh, with the blue eyes, yeah, there, well, yeah. well, you know, it's the Spanish uh, nobility, you know? yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but uh, they'll be impressed with that. But it's still very much a seventh grade level of Spanish, and I o- I always use two because that's the that's how I spoke to my cousins and my aunts and uncles and yeah. and so like, it's hard sometimes for me to get the usted right and and other and I can never do the vosotros because I never even learned it, but. Um, but so I want to, I want to, I want to kind of see if we can go back to the parentheses or no, 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 uh, no, I don't have any open parentheses right now. Uh, I just have a thought. (laughs) Thank you for mentioning that. So Mark's talking about, uh, well, okay. So here's a funny thing. I have, I have one, uh, one, one person who has, uh, definitely I'm, I'm aware of as a, as an actual listener. Uh, and and apparently you've listened to all the podcasts, which is exciting. So. Um, but but uh, Cindy, he's, she's out there now, probably embarrassed. She's going to be on the show in a couple of weeks, I think. But uh, she's. I told her. Uh, I keep mentioning her brother, uh, who was my roommate in college. Uh, oh, funny! And so her. In every episode, I've brought up. I've brought up my 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 old roommate in college from college, and one of the things that is it's funny is that he uh, and and my other roommate. They're both engineers of varying uh, sorts, um, but when we get together and have our conversations, uh, this guy—he's a—he's a computer programmer now, but he—he's always keeping track of the open parentheses. So he—he doesn't mind us going on crazy tangents, but he's—he's he's very much Spock, you know, and logical. Yeah. And so he—he he thinks he, I mean, he'll look at the time and he'll say, "Okay, we've got approximately twenty minutes left. We're going to have to start putting these closed parentheses on all of our." conversations and getting those out so he's he's silently keeping track of of all the tangents that have been opened and and he he wants to make sure that at the end of the conversation all the parentheses are closed so that the code works you know yeah so i always tell people like mark um who are in my my classes because mark and i met at a kino uh class yes uh i always tell them that i need someone to be in charge of the open parentheses so that's what that's where this little comment that he's making comes from uh but this is not a. I'm now opening a parenthesis, or more, more, more like I'm changing the conversation. And and, uh, but I want to go along the same lines as what we've been talking about, which is this 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 difference between the descriptivist and the prescriptivist in language. I think you have to you you have to fight the good fight. You know, so you want you want you want language to be uh, what it is, and you want to be able to use it to communicate, but that's a reason to insist on, on, on doing it the proper way. You know, it's like you want the language to have meaning and utility, but on the other hand, language is evolving. And so you also need to evolve in order to make sure that you can communicate, you know, so that is true. So the, which is, which is problematic because how do you, you know, you want, if your goal is to communicate with people, you have to, you have to put those people you have to prioritize the people over the over the 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 style of communicating, and and, and so I think one way of expressing this is, um, you've heard you've heard uh, uh, well, I don't know if you've heard this. I think it was Saint Ignatius of Loyola said uh, that you have to um, when you're having a conversation with somebody um, that that isn't not, who isn't necessarily open to the truth of the gospel or whatever that you go in uh, their door. But you leave them out yours, you know. So, uh, so when you're when you're communicating, 
oh, sorry, I'm trying. To, I'm trying to take notes as I'm speaking. No, no, I, it's like you yeah. know, bad. But um, you you go in, you go in their door, and then you you lead them out yours. You know, so like I'm going to meet you where you are, and I'm going to say, okay, well, um, there's another. Uh, there's actually a really funny. Um, Another one of these Mitchell and Webb things about the RAF pilots. You haven't happened to see this one, have you? I did not. Um, so there's 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 the uh, Mitchell and Webb is one comedy duo in England, and then there's another one. Uh, I'm trying to think of who they are. Um, I don't remember their names, but RAF pilots. I'll put a link to it. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. But there's it, if, what you can imagine is this this. World War II scenario. There's these these uh, you know fighter pilots from World War II, and the the clip is in black and white, and they the, there's these four pilots. So two of them are, are 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 combat buddies. They're always flying together, and the other two are they always fly together. And the and the 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 one pair, the one the one pair, they speak in. Um, British street slang, so it's like the oh, public, the Cockney word. It it's not Cockney. Okay. It's public school. Um, it's basically like Valley Girl, but it's got it. But it's their version of it, and so it's really, really, really funny. And so they 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 look proper. They look, you know, looks like it's from the forties and everything. And they're they're talking about uh, why they they're they're wondering why the other two pilots were given medals and and this distinction. And so he, he said. How come we didn't get? How, how come we didn't get given no medals? And you know, it's like, how come them geezers got all blinged up? You know, and you know, how come them geezers? How come them geezers got all blinged up? And it's it's funny. And so there's a commanding officer who's this really serious looking guy, and he's looking at them. He says, "Well, in over forty, you know, combat hours, they've fought, you know, so many missions. They flew flown so many missions, and they were shot down in behind enemy lines, and were captured and put into a prison camp, and dug their way out and escaped. And that's why." Uh, I've given them these medals, and then the the other couple, the 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 other guys go, right? But why haven't we been given no medals? <laughs> you know, and 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 then he's like, okay, see you see them, yeah, them geezers there, yeah, yeah, and he's like, uh, they've, they've been really good, yeah, they've been yeah. really good at yeah. So it's just really funny. So and and I'm so bad at, at telling these stories, but watch this RIF pilots thing because it's really funny. But it's important, I think, in the sense that. You know, if you really want to get through to somebody, you have to use their language, yes. and then you can then you can turn them around and say, "Okay, well, do you see that?" I think. I mean, this is what I do with. Uh, I mean, it, it, as a teacher, you know, because I teach at the Kino Institute uh, occasionally, and then I, I've taught like sixth grade grammar, and so I'm trying to get kids passionate about diagramming sentences is uh, is challenging, but it's when they when they when they see how fun it can be and how, how uh, rewarding it is to be able to, to diagram a sentence and, and see how it changes the meaning of things, uh, they, they'll, they'll catch on, you know, but, yeah. um, you gotta, you gotta create an incentive for it. Yeah. Know? That's, that's, that's for sure. There has to be some, um, selling them on why do I need to learn this? Yeah. And, and, uh, and when they, when they see that it, it, it well, you know, you, you know, the old grammar joke about, uh, I think it's dangling modifiers or whatever, but it's like uh, it's one where I shot an I shot an elephant in my pajamas. You know, oh, how, yeah, how, yeah, did, how yeah. did the elephant get in your yeah, pajamas? Right, or, yes, you know, I yes. saw the, And then there's a John Lovitz joke where I uh, I saw the first lady naked, and yes. the Secret Service made me put my clothes back on. Yes, and, yes. Uh, but one of my favorite little grammatical jokes is uh, Groucho Marx. Do you know? Do you remember his thing about the club he didn't want to belong to? No, no. He that? says, uh, uh, "Time flies like an arrow." And fruit flies like a banana. 
you have to diagram oh, yeah. it if you understand it, right? Yeah, so in that right, sense, right, right, yeah. Right, so yes. it's like like in the first is a preposition, yes. and in the second it's a uh, it's a verb. And yes. Uh, when you diagram it, then you can see that it, how it yes. makes sense, you know. Uh, but anyway, so I think I, I think it's important not to not to you have to find a way to communicate with the people that you're trying to get through to and not, not to the point where you're kind of debasing yourself, like where right. you're trying to be like the cool teacher because right. that doesn't work. Right. Uh, but also, you know, you have to, you have to meet them where they are, you know? So, you know, because you can become uh, a scold if you, if you're always, always correcting people, you know, for, and you can, you can, may I go to the bathroom? Yeah. 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 You can be a scold where it turns it off. And I also think, um, and I guess you could round this out into, um, you know, whether talking about evangelization or really just kind of convincing somebody of something that you'll be so upset about. I mean, it would be the same type of thing to where the person fully understands the faith and they're fully, you know, on board with, you know, I had this, you know, with somebody who um, um, was actually... I think in our keynote, I think in our keynote class might not have been, but whatever. Um, they were so upset about, like you know, using their hands and um, you know, and also with you or how they, you know, kind of the people that are more oh, expressive. Was, was, about, it the, was it the yeah. uh, Oran's position when they would raise their right. hands and yeah, and and you know, kind of making the point of you know, technically only you know uh, the father presiding can do that, and and I was just, you know really making the point around you know that it's it's essentially to your point, it's not really the the hill you want to die on, or, or why do you want to turn somebody off on the faith of that? If it's really something upsetting you, probably should just ask them why they do that. Because maybe it's, oh, you know, my grandmother always did it and now she's dead and it reminds me of, you know, something. Yeah. And you're like, well, I don't want, if this is connecting you to the faith, why would this ever be bad? Yeah, or, but it's also, you know, one of the things about that is why are you paying attention to, to them and not to the mass, you know? And so you have that kind of balance, like, so my, my big thing on, on those things always is from um, Bridge on the River Kwai. Oh, okay. You've seen it, yeah. Yeah, right, yeah. Colonel Bogey's March. Yeah. Um, and the thing I always think about is Sir Alec Guinness and that, you know, the colonel there, um, Colonel Nicholson. And you realize, like, he means so well for his, uh, you know, for his troops. And he's, he is so brave, you know, kind of standing up to Colonel Saitu in the prisoner of war camp and everything. And, and spoiler alert, if you haven't seen a movie from 1957, but, you know, at the end, um, you know, he is so obsessed about the bridge that he's upset that William Holden and company are trying to blow up the thing that he had his men work on, which ultimately was helping the enemy. And he didn't re you know, he, he has that, uh, you know, thing at the end where he's like, my God, what have I done? Because he realized like he was all of a sudden now completely helping the enemy and had stopped the commandos from blowing up the bridge because oh. he was so in love with the bridge over the overall mission, you know, yeah. and, and I just, I, that is, that is a fantastic, uh, metaphor. So, I mean, yeah. that's great. Yeah. I just always think about that. And I always, um, you know, whether it's a political thing or whether it's, you know, just a message of how do I convince somebody? I always think about, well, Colonel Nicholson, you know, this bridge is really important uh, to the enemy. You should kind of think about that. And, and, uh, yeah, and, and then there's a, then there's the other side where you're like, you know, no, you should, all your work should always be good. So like, if you're building a bridge, even if it's for the enemy, you want to build it well for God's glory. And, right. and, and, and you can see how those are, those are not, 
those those are that's a difficult thing to to do. Like, how do you reconcile? Yes, you know, and and at some point, you, you I mean, what you're saying is your pride has to give way to the the greater good, right? Uh, uh, that's really that's a that's a fascinating image. I'm going to steal that and claim it as my own. You absolutely, it's a great morality play when you think about you know what happens, and and really, it's the thing I always think about with the Bible is how reasonable the sin, the major sins seem. You know, how, like, how reasonable it seems like to do them. Could you, or? you know, can you sit in Pilate's thing and think, I did everything I could. What's wrong with these guys? Same with Herod. You know, it's like, man, it's kind of out of my hands. The wife wants to chop your head off. You know, yeah. it's like, it's nothing I can really do about it. I tried my best, yeah. you know, tried to let, uh, you know, try to let Jesus yeah. go. You know, it's like, uh, and how many times do we do that in our everyday life around, well, this is the right thing, but man, I might get in trouble at work or, you know, I don't yeah. want to be the one standing up for a right. I mean, oh. yeah. And, and, and how, how unwilling we are to suffer. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, like I, I think about, like I had, I've been struggling not recently, but in the last couple of years, I've had a couple bouts of, uh, of vertigo and, and I'll be in the restroom, you know, and I'll sit there and I'm like, I'm, I'm I'm trying to sit upright and I can't. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, I want to be dead. Like this is the worst I've ever felt in my life. And I just, I can't even, I can't even fathom like, feeling worse. Yes. And so I, and I think to myself, and yet here I am most of the time I walk around thinking, yeah, I'd, I'd be a martyr for the faith. You know, right. like the lion will come <laughs> and get me, you know, it's like, and, 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 you, and then you, you, you mock and you, uh, you ridicule the people who, who, you think don't stand up for the the faith, right. and then and then and then one bout of vertigo, and it's like you end it. You know, like I'm yeah. I'm not pro life right. anymore. I don't yeah. want this. You know, yeah. euthanasia. euthanasia please. Here we go. Yeah. yeah. Oh gosh. It is. Uh, I mean, I think about you. Think about that. T- to your point, I always think about um, you know where. I mean, the, I think I wrote this in the paper, so this will be redundant for you. But I always thought about when I essentially till about a couple of years ago had you know, about a third grade education when it came to the faith. faith. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, and, you know, I'd love to say, oh, well, my CCD teachers were terrible or whatever. You know, a lot of us, I didn't care. I just thought there was more important things to learn, whether it's every single player that played on the 1981 Major League Baseball or, you know, or even, you know, my job or things I, you know, literature, like things I thought were really important, like historical yeah. details I loved. Um, but the faith, I'm like, yeah, I go to church. God's right. You know, the Trinity is, you know, is an apple and we're good. And, uh, yeah. and you know, and it's just at no point did I bother knowing anything about the huge, you know, intellectual tradition. But the point on that is I, I learned Exodus before you from an atheist English teacher and it was literature. And the sad thing is it was really informed and when, you know, he kind of mocked it, you know, and thought of it the same as mythology, but we finished mythology and the next thing was talking about Genesis and Exodus. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the thing with Exodus, I always just thought, I was like, these dumb Israelites, I mean, what do you need a calf for? Like, what are you doing? No, you know, Moses came down, we were supposed to do stuff, it's God. Like, what were you guys doing? And, And then later on, ball and all, you know, it's like, what are you guys doing? And then you think about it, it's like, meanwhile, I'm going to worship Bunny. Or I'm going to worship whatever I want to do, partying or, or you know, golf on yeah, Sunday morning. Golf on or, Sunday yeah, morning. Yeah, it's like, yeah. well, my life is more important here. I'm going to worship these things. And you know, I'm going to go to a really junky, I mean, we're blessed to have a beautiful church. Yeah. I'm going to go to a really junky church and then go back to my home, which is opulent in comparison. Yeah. 
And and then you think about oh no you know as Aquinas says like the, these are these are false idols you know wealth yeah. pleasure uh, well, <laughs> I think about you know sometimes I'll call Starbucks Saint Arbucks you know and and how many Catholics give more money per day at Saint Arbucks yes than they do uh, per week at their parish right you know you know that one dollar is like kind of the 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 Catholic you know ticket for mass you know yes. when when, when and it's hard for me because I don't I don't have a lot of money and I've got a I've got an auto pay set up, so I feel really self conscious when the thing comes around and I'm not putting money in it. But even if they could see that I was putting money in automatically with a check deduction or you know that it's 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 a pathetically small amount, but. Uh, I don't. But, I don't need to offer advice on somebody that has, um, you know, a, a much higher percentage of children than I do. Um, but um, I always, you know, regardless of whether it's the check or the auto pay, I always have them put grab a dollar. Yeah, and I always put something in because I mean your kids are older. So yeah, it's no, but no, I, whenever we have, whenever we give, um, whenever we give cash, if I have, if I have cash, I'll, I'll give it. Yeah. Uh, but I never have cash. You right. know, I had a friend tell me one time, uh, she said, when I was in college, I had no money and I always had cash. And now that I'm employed, that very true. I have lots of money and I never have yeah. cash. You know, and yeah, so, I'm, it, that was the only is I made it a point to get to have more cash around because I realized like that it was a memory growing up of my mom always putting in the envelope. Yeah. Um, although very, you know, it was very waspish to where the, they asked you to put the amount in and we never would put what was actually in there. Cause, oh, that's you know, so funny. Because we're wasp. We're not yeah, yeah. talking about money. No, and here, you know, and so, um, so I never knew what was in there, but it was, I did always see the envelope go yeah. in. You know, well, now so. we always make a point of the younger kids doing it because they enjoy it and, yeah. they, and they should have that. Well, that's the thing. It's like the they're fired up and, you know, my son's mad when he gets the one versus the five because I'm just grabbing whatever's out yeah, of the wallet. That's funny. And so. Well, and, and I think, um, you know, I, I had this idea for a, an app. If there are any app developers out there uh, listening to my uh, show, <laughs> uh, it, it was this idea of uh, of I want to set up an app where you can go to like you go to Starbucks and you you look at the menu and you see that the the cafe latte is gonna or the cafe latte is gonna be like four fifty or whatever, and then you just decide I'm not gonna get that today. It's a little mortification app, yeah. and instead you just push a button and you donate four fifty to whatever cause that you have set up on this yeah. app, you know? Um, and uh, I, cause I wrote an article or a blog post many, many years ago on, um, on this, this, uh, call uh, it like I Mort. No, it was, it's funny oh. because I, it, it was called the, 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 the article, I, the, the blog post I wrote was called five ways to practice mortification and not out yourself as a catholic. Yes. You know, so it was like not you know you know Oh, what I mean? yes, I heard that on the other podcast. Yeah, and yeah. And so the the thing I the thing I coined the phrase was mortimens instead of vitamins. Yeah. You know, so these these little things that you do like or that. or take yeah. and and really there's so many like like I don't know about you but when I fast or when I mortify myself uh I, I I feel better, and, and and it's not just like a like an ego uh, boost. I, I mean, I I actually feel like like you're going to suffer one way or another, yeah. you know. And so, like if 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 somebody brings you a meal and it's not cooked exactly the way you like it, or 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 whatever, you can you can you can accept that graciously and and offer up that discomfort, you know. Right. Uh, 
or you can order a smaller drink than you normally would and right. offer that up. And so there's all these little ways that you can that you can practice this. And it's funny because mortification is one of those big Catholic words. Yes. And, I, and I think I've talked about this in class about how the Catholic Church has these great words that are they mean exactly the right thing. And if you understand the meaning of them, you, you realize how perfect the word is. Right. And unfortunately, people don't understand what they are. You know, so you you have to crack that word open to get at the nut. And, and in Protestant world, they just say die to self, which is what right. mortification means, and it makes more sense. Well, I, and I think it, it kind of goes to, you know, back to the point of it's important in the faith to not have a third grade education about oh, it, yeah, is, yeah. is how careful you need to be about stuff. Because like mortification, fasting, and prayer, those things are totally important. Becoming a flagellant and charging money to whip your back to stop the plague, because you're guaranteeing it'll stop the plague. No, that's wrong. That's wrong. Well, even, <laughs> so yeah. it's like this this kind of thing to where, no, these things are correct, and no, this is wrong. And But you have to kind of understand. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and, and how, how often the same thing can be a, a, a blessing and a curse. We talked about this in the last episode a little bit about how, like, the, there's these loves that you have or beauty, whatever, yeah. you know, the things that draw you and attract you to God – as long as they are attracting you to God and you don't stay there, they're good and true and beautiful and worthy. Right. But, but if you if you elevate them to the point of of you know putting them on the throne where God belongs, then they become demonic. You know, and so so what you're talking about, um, you know, I think is uh, now I have to oh, man, I just got derailed. Excuse me, but um, you, the, the uh, you got to bail me out here, man. Well. Question on that, because I, I, I see kind of where your point is, and I think... Now I have an open parenthesis, just so yes, you know. Yes, so. got it. Um, like, you're a literature background person, and taught... You taught lit as well? Yeah. Okay. For yeah. the, you know, the junior high kids and yeah. stuff. So. so, my question is this, is you see a lot of people in the literature background who love the great books, love, you know, literature for, for the beauty of it and everything like that, and you see some of them enter the church through that. And then I see things like... Um, you know, for instance, like the great hearts, you know, classical mm -hmm. education, not even just great hearts, but everybody, yeah. the rebirth of classical education. And a lot of people are um, enthralled with it and want to send their kids who aren't necessarily, you know, um, particularly religious. I mean, I think they like the way America was maybe 50, 60 years ago of, you know, having that high minded and these things are important and not the destruction of society. But, you know, they're not as religious as a literature person. Do you see that as a good path to then ultimately becoming Catholic, which is the, what you would want because they had a connection to it? Or do you see to where people can be lost at that first stage? Uh, so I, I think that anytime you're pursuing the good or the, or the true or the beautiful, is uh, you're, you're drawing closer to God. Mm -hmm. um, I think that, you know, with, with, with respect to the uh, great hearts and the, and the, the rebirth of classical education, there are people who I think the people who started Great Hearts uh, and and the 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 first families that, that were a part of it and the and the, and the the original group of people that were uh, teachers there I think they really believed in the liberal arts as as something that would free people from ignorance and and uh, and uh, lead them to goodness truth mm -hmm. and beauty uh, and and then it becomes popular uh, and so then it becomes there's a danger, I think, of it becoming the Atkins diet of education, right? Where now everybody wants to be a part of it, and it, and they don't really care. Uh, they don't really they don't really have the 
they don't they don't care about the the the, the ends. They care about the or the the ultimate ends. They care about the immediate. They ends. care about the bridge and not well. You know, like, yeah, kind of like, uh, like they. It's like, yeah, so it's like like. Oh, this is great. You, you know, so the people at Great Hearts, it's called Great Hearts because they're trying to make good human beings, which yeah. is like the, that's noble and that's good. But they, they happen to also get kids into top notch colleges. Right. And, and, you know, so, so then there's, the, so there's, there's the people initially who are attracted to the Great Hearts aspect of it. I want, I want to, I want my kid to be a good human being. Right. Um, and, and then the next, the next round of people, Come and they're attracted to, uh, to the, the good colleges. And so you have to be very careful. It's very, it's very difficult to, to keep that focus. Uh, well, especially when you're essentially, you can't, you know, you, you're not, you're not a religious school. Yeah. No. And so for and so, me, like the other thing about, about those schools is I, I think the way I understand them, uh, is that they are, uh, you know, well, I, 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 I always think of them as the best alternative to public schools. Mm-hmm. And then in that, in that light, they're the best. They're, they're great. The fact that in many cases they function as an alternative to Catholic schools, I think is, is bad because it means that the families who would be preserving the Catholic schools and making them great are instead putting all their life, their, their husbanding, you know, if yes. you will, and their energy into a public school, which which makes the Catholic schools weaker, you know. And right. so that if you really want to have both, uh, and this this actually speaks to what you're talking about a little bit, is that you know the Catholic education, learning the faith, requires sacrifice, you know. So if you're gonna if you're gonna send your kids to Catholic school, you've got to sacrifice to do it, mm-hmm. and. And and so it's 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 convenient that some people who are Orthodox Catholics and and devout uh, Catholics, you know, it, it's convenient that the the available options that they had for Catholic schools were sketchy. You know, they, they say, well, why would I send my kids to this private school, this this private Catholic school, where they're going to lose their faith, right. and I'm going to lose sixteen grand a year for right. four years? You know, so why would I bother doing that? So. So instead, I'll send them to this other school that has like a more traditional Catholic education, but I don't get to seal the deal. I don't get to I don't get to name the truth. I just get to talk about the truth. Right. And and so, like I said, it's a, it's a convenient thing because now I can say, well, I would have sent them to Catholic school, but um, th- those places were dangerous. So I'll send them over here. And and the the uh, you 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 can. It's it's a way of, uh, of of kind of excusing yourself or pardoning yourself from the sacrifices that you need to make. You say, okay, well, if this school is a Catholic school, then you should go there, but demand that it be a Catholic school. Like you know, try to make it a Catholic school. And if and if you can't do it there, support another school that's trying to do it, right? Uh, and make those sacrifices. And so it's but there's all this web of things, right? Because then the school has a, has an obligation, like you know where St. Mary's, where I was at, you know where I was, uh, you know, sorry, grammar good. Yes, uh, you know we're we're trying to move in that direction. We're trying to really restore the liberal arts education and 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 give the kids the kind of education that that they need uh, to be faithful Catholics, good human beings, you know. Um, but there's there's always a, there's a transition period you know where where it you know it's not it's not easy to do that and and do it well and so some some families are like well you guys sort it out and then when you're all good we'll send our kids there and instead of saying 
we'll send our kids there now. And, you right. know, but it's, it's, so it's all very, it's all tricky because I think great hearts is a good thing to the extent that it's, a, a, uh, you know, that it's helping people who wouldn't normally be pursuing the good, the true and the beautiful. Right. I think it, and I think it's, it's one of those things where, you know, the enemy of the best or the enemy of the good is, right. the, is the best or the enemy of the best is the good. I forget what the expression actually is, but, uh, any any anything that isn't God that becomes like God is uh, is dangerous. So yeah. so I, I was always challenged. We were challenged by it, um, you know, as far as when when we started choosing my school choosing schools because you know we definitely you know uh, my wife is much more mathematical background and really likes the idea the though of stuff. being, oh, okay, being yeah. more well rounded and yeah. uh, you know and I was kind of more forced into mathematical stuff, but really have much more of a liberal arts kind of uh, desire or, you know, that's what came easily for me. And, um, but it is, um, but I, we, we kind of joke on the great hearts thing. It's like, okay, so you have all this great books and you have all these things, which obviously at, at its base, you know, is, is God and, and, you know, in Western civilization, its base is, you know, Christianity and, and everything like that. And, um, and so we joked about, well, if they do that, are they going to come back and start, you know, worshiping, uh, you know, Zeus and oh, yeah, that's not likely, right? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. they're just going to know those as being this thing and 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 these kind of pillars of truth. And it's like, well, yeah, you know, Aristotle certainly, you know, thought of the the prime mover and realizing there's something else out there. But you kind of have that Pope, you know, Benedict, you know, I think it was Regensburg speech where it's like. You would not have Western civilization if you didn't have the Jewish monotheism, you know, the, uh, you know, the Roman laws and order, and then Christ. Yeah. And well, if you didn't, you know. Well, so they, they talk about um, Athens, Rome, and uh, Jerusalem. Right. So the good, the true, and the beautiful, yes. those are all. So it's yeah, the. Uh, clearly saying the, something the, obvious. So all your great, great books listeners. <laughs> no, I, uh, I don't know. No, you're not. No, it's not. It's not obvious, but that's, you know. <laughs> Uh, it's funny. I, I want to um, make sure that I, I mentioned my my producer Brian. Uh, he actually gave a talk on on this question about why why do great books curriculums at Catholic universities or Catholic colleges why do they study uh, uh, why do they study the pagan gods? Like, what's the point? So I, I, I forget the title of it. He, it'll be in the show notes. But it's something like um, what is uh, what has Zeus to do with Jerusalem oh, yeah. or something what, like that. What is uh, what is Athens to do the Tertullian? Quote, yeah, there's a it's, is, a, it's a, yeah. it's a it's a it's a play it's a on play that. On that. Yeah, yeah. What, what what has Athens to do with Jerusalem? Yeah, but it's a it's a play on that, and it, and it's a it's a great talk that he gave about this this very issue, and um, you know, I, but I, I it's funny. I, I think about you know here I am. I have this podcast, you know, and I and I don't want to offend anybody, and I want to make sure. I, I think I'm pretty good about respecting like my, my my evangelical friends and the people who are not Catholic. I, I don't want to be too triumphalistic. I remember, and was with the third episode, we were jo- joking about the the uh, the pastor not even being there at the. That was uh, you know, yeah. It was a funny I, joke. Yeah, so like was, the real presence of the pastor yeah, wasn't I, even there. That was that was great. Yeah, but I, but there was a. I felt a little bit like that might have been uh, a, you know a little a little bit a little mean, too cheeky, a little bit, yeah. yeah, a little mean to to laugh about you know because I am really and, and this is the thing right. I'm super grateful for all the. Uh, the 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 faithful believing evangelicals that I've known in my life. Um, I'm I'm grateful that I that I grew up the way that I did with a love of the scripture and even even my love for Christian music, which uh, you know I can see now was not objectively 
as good as you know secular rock music or whatever but i i know the scriptures really well because i sang them and i learned, I learned all the, the verses and and you're talking earlier about the king james version of the bible yeah i i know a lot of bible verses but i, I know them in the king james right because that's how i learned them uh, from my protestant friends and when it was time to study literature you realize that oh my gosh this is the way everybody learned to read for about 300 years yeah. plus Oh, so here's a little piece of trivia that you might not know, but um, if you look in the King James Version of the Bible, in Psalm 46, mm-hmm. and you count 46 words in from the from the beginning and 46 words in from the end, you get uh, two words that com- that when you put them together equal a name, and that is supposedly a code that was in- embedded in the King James Version of the Bible that proves. Uh, that this famous English writer was involved with its creation, Shakespeare. Oh, yeah. So for the 46 word end is something like the mountains will shake. And yeah. then the 46 words from the other end is like, uh, I, I fear neither arrow nor spear, you know. Yeah. And so it's, a, but it's cool. If, you know, Psalm 46, yeah. 46, 46. Well, um, that's like uh, nobody notices. I mean, getting back to the point of people don't notice that stuff. Psalm 33, you know, has that allusion to. Um, what is it? Your your kingdom with you know no your horse is not a kingdom or whatever. But basically from Richard. Oh, III. my kingdom. Yeah, 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 yeah like he's referencing Psalm thirty three. Oh, that's funny. And you know I my kingdom for a horse. Yeah. And, yeah, and and so and I just and I've been looking for some sort of you know literature. The problem is is nobody's done you know the, the last couple decades have taken off any sort of serious literary you know uh, discussion that isn't kind of you know. Out there because people feel like they've run out of stuff. But I, I wonder, I mean, I've never seen anyone kind of discuss, like, obviously that's a reference when clearly that had to be when they were playing at the Globe, everybody had to know, oh, yeah, he's, he's saying, he's yeah. spouting off Psalm 33. It's just interesting to where in the modern times I've actually tried to ask English kind of literary people, I'm like, is that, that's obvious, right? And they're like, I don't know. And uh, uh, you know what's funny is I remember, uh, I remember taking some kids to see a live performance of Shakespeare when I was at uh, St. Mary's and I asked them what they thought and they thought that it was very cliched. And I said, that's funny. You know, yeah. you know why it's cliched? Yeah. Because everybody else has copied Shakespeare. It's like you know? watching The Godfather after all of the, the you know, yeah, yeah. Goodfellas and Sopranos and they think, well, they just ripped all this off. It's like, no, actually this is. Yeah, that's what <laughs> came first. But I, you know, I was thinking, uh, not the other day, I always say the other day and it could be like 30 years ago, yeah. but you know, so I think the scripture, you, I, I remember some, there was a kid who thought that the quote, uh, the house divided against itself yeah. cannot stand was Lincoln, you know, and, and not, not Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And then people think that the people think that uh, God helps those who help themselves is the Bible, but yeah. it's Benjamin Franklin, right? You know, and but uh, between the scriptures and Shakespeare, I think so many so many movie titles are are derived from those. So you think like Band of Brothers, you know, that that wonderful yes. World Saint War Crispin's II series, Saint Crispin's Day speech, yeah. right? Uh, Outrageous Fortune, that horrible oh, yeah. movie with Shelley Long yeah, was, and, yeah, and Bette Midler. Exactly. Uh, that's that's from, from uh, uh, Macbeth, uh, no Hamlet. Hamlet, yeah. yeah. Dang it, you beat me to it. Um, but uh, the Undiscovered Country in that's a sh- that's a Star Trek right. movie. Um, that's that's also Hamlet, I think, um, or maybe no, I think it might be. Well, I don't know if it's, it's a Hamlet, but it, all there's just so many, and like and 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 you can you can find out more. I think yeah. it means that the, the screenwriters are not. 
Well, some of them don't even know yeah. they're referencing it. Sometimes they're referencing they yeah. off of like third or fourth. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's true. Iterations of it, but yeah, I mean, there's so many things that are at the at the base of that, which kind of gets back to understanding the turns of phrases of of all you know of all of those things that uh, you know I think is how you can. It's important to kind of understand where everything comes from. And, yeah, and, and and frankly, is is again kind of the the. But this gets to my question on people that learn literature. You know, and understand the importance of the great works, and it's obviously beauty, and and that's really great there. And I think about, um, did you see the movie Empire Sun? Yeah, way movie? way back. Yeah. Way, well, this will tie it back in. So the song at the beginning is is a Welsh song. Oh, you're so good. There we go. Uh, well, you're gonna be my replacement host if yeah. I ever go on vacation or something. <laughs> but the um, but the the yeah, it's a Welsh lullaby, which is very pretty, which also is a converted um, song into a Catholic. Him that's more modern. I can't think of Christ before us. So the theme oh, is, on is that, it the it's not the Irish. Is that that's Welsh actually? It's a Welsh song. No, I thought what's a, what's the uh, it's like Suogan is how it looks. But oh, no, because there's the breastplate of Saint Patrick, which is Christ before me, Christ within me. Christ. Yes, yes, yeah. it's it's they they took those words to that music. Okay. So, um, but anyway, the um, um, what was I talking about on the. Not the oh oh so in that in that thing you know the the boy is in a POW camp and he's trying to you know and and the doctor uh, played by Nigel Havers um, for everyone who's a big fan of him from Chariots of Fire other movies but anyway he's the doctor and he's um, te- trying to teach him you know kind of a prep school education while he's a prisoner of war in, in uh, you know a, a prison camp in in China and um, but the thing he um, so he has him memorizing a poem. And he just rattles off the words, you know, and, and it reminds me of the kid just rattles off the words. Rattle off the words of this of this poem. And it reminds me of, you know, I had to learn tomorrow, 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 creeps in spite of base day to the last syllable of recorded time. And I could finish, but that would be horrible for your listeners. But the point yeah, is like Shakespeare's yeah, so horrible for yeah, them. Right? Yeah, exactly. But it's just in my head. And sure enough, like ten or fifteen years later, I remembered using a phrase from it and realizing Oh, that's what he's talking about here. You know, yeah, that's uh, great. last silver and all our yesterdays of lighted fools, the way to dusty death, out, out, brief candle. And you realize like I was able to actually use it to wear what it meant. And so I kind of think, you know, maybe all these people are going to learn this literature and it's just going to be tucked in there. Oh, no, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that, and that I think is really good because when it comes out, you know, I remember, uh, uh Barbara Nicolosi, she's a big fan of, She's a, a Catholic screenwriter. She teaches over at Regis uh, University now. Uh, Regis or Regent? one up in Denver? No, the one. Oh. No, that's Regis. So oh. Regent. I don't remember. It's the one in Virginia. It's a Protestant university. Okay, gotcha. But um, she she is a big fan of Flannery O'Connor, and she yeah. said that there are things you know. Sometimes you read a book and you you go, "That's stupid," you know. So you read like I don't know about you, but. When I read uh, the Da Vinci Code, I was like, yeah. "That that's stupid," you right. know. But then you read Flannery O'Connor, and it's, it's, you, you read it. You read you read the Da Vinci Code. And you go, "I don't get this. That's stupid," right? Yeah. You read you read Flannery O'Connor. You go, "I don't get this. I'm stupid," you know. Yeah. And so, like, but she was, she I remember I remember she was writing about how I think it was her sister was the one who introduced her to Flannery O'Connor. She says, "You got to read this lady," you know. So she read she read one of her novels or one of her short stories. I mean. And didn't get it. And she's like, I don't get it. I don't, what's the, what's the big deal? And then like weeks later, she's like, oh, now I get it. And that's, I think, the sign of a good, of good literature is like when, when you're still wrestling with it 
uh, like way, way later. And, 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 uh, your, 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 uh, your CPU has got it running yeah. in the background, you know? It's and like, then, uh, Graham Green for me. Oh, yeah. I will, uh, like I read Brighton Rock and I remember I pounded through it. And I'm like, I am missing everything. Out That's of this. funny. And then finally I like was, it like just kind of pieced together a couple years later. I'm like, oh, okay. I, I get no, this. I, I, that, uh, that you now it's raining, so you can hear that in the background, yeah. maybe. But um, the uh, the power and the glory. When yes. I read that book, that just knocked me out. You yeah, know? and and that that that's an example of. I mean, I, I really like that book because the priest in that book is not a holy no, and and it's very it, real people. Yeah, he's he's but he's but he's he's a good priest in the sense that he still. Uh, I mean, ultimately, he dies for yeah. for the faith. But but the spoiler the, alert for yeah yeah uh, for, your, for, for your a 1950s reader. book <laughs> yeah not, but uh, but but you know the ending of it where the other priest shows up like that last scene and it's like you know the work the work goes on you know there's a, there's a new guy to come and replace this guy and yeah. and so I, I think sometimes about uh, about about that you know just like you know what is it that that we you know out, you know out out. Uh, about a brief candle, brief yeah. candle. You yeah. know, like we're only here for a little bit. Yeah. You know, but the work that we start, you never know where it ends, or, or or the or the or the ramifications, or the the ripple effect of you know, the, or the butterfly effect, if you will, of of what you uh, of what you say or what you do, and and so I do think that those things, like you're talking about, like planting beautiful things yeah. uh, in the in a in a human person, is gonna. Uh, hopefully bear fruit uh, or well, used hopefully there again. Yeah, but, no, but that, yeah, but that is interesting because it is like, um, I would say certainly my, I don't want to say I ever left the faith. I just got extremely lazy and out of shape with the faith. So, mm-hmm. but it's not like I ever turned my back or held up a fist or anything glorious. It was just, you know, mere, um, you know, mere yeah. slacking, but. Well, well, that's why, that's why it's interesting is that, the the thing that Jesus warns us about is becoming lukewarm. Yeah, which you get you become just by yeah, by staying at room temperature, it's right? Like very not, easy. Yeah, and you, uh, have to, you have to be active to be cold or hot. But when when I when I think now of coming back, there are these little brief interactions that were, you know, that were super helpful that you just kind of stock away, like with, um, you know, my pastor at my at my home church. You know, just said something that was really you know kind and inviting. My first time back to confession after, I mean, it was decades. Um, and I just said, you know, I, I said, it's been many, many years. Yeah. And I remember getting ready, like, I was like, kind of uh, being bracing for, hey, dummy, yeah, like, you're the yeah. worst and everything yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. And I remembered him saying, it's all right, my son, God loves you. And that was like, I mean, it's like, I remember it like it was yesterday. Oh. And I remembered it was just this feeling to where, I am right. I can't believe I just was forgiven this well for just, you know, being a jerk. Yeah, and, for years and yeah. years of, and and, 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 it, and it's so much worse for you to carry it around than for God to, yeah. to carry it. Yeah, and it was it. just this idea to where, you know, it was just so, so loving in that in that time period and, and just what I needed to hear. And then, you know, other times where just kind of a nonchalant comment from somebody who was, uh, you know, very strong in their faith and whether it was encouraging or sometimes it was kind of like, no, you need to kind of up your game a little, you know, and it was just, and there's just all these little pockets of snapshots. And it is that kind of thing to where whether, whether it is, you know, full on, you know, butter up butterfly effect, or it's just one of those to where you never know. Which, which, which uh, snowflake is going to cause the avalanche. Yeah. And, and it's just one of those where, I mean, I remembered uh, 
not to not to brag or anything like that, but I remembered somebody saying, you know what, I really, uh, I mean, when I taught two goofy sections of econ and public policy in grad school, and um, I loved it, I loved teaching, it was fun, and I remembered somebody said, you know what, really, what home was, you, you know, this one riff I had somewhere else, and like that really helped, and uh, and and so I mean, you probably get those all the time because you've taught for so many years, but you don't realize to where someone just really took in what you said, and it's like I was just kind of oh man, that's that's well, so that's 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 like the most terrifying thing about being a teacher is when someone like I had a kid come up to me you know, ten years after I had taught him, and he said, yeah, you know, you you taught you taught us that prayer was. Uh, you know, stop or some kind of uh, like uh, acronym. You know, it's like supplication, Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't remember what the and I don't. I have no idea what the thing was. And I remember, oh my gosh, you know, that was just some scrambling. You know, I was like looking through all the resources that I had. I had to come up with something, and you just teach it with because you have a because you're in a position of authority. You're a teacher, and you say this. This kid hears that as the gospel truth. Like this is exactly this is how it is. Yeah. And 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 thankfully that one was innocuous. You know, I mean it was it was helpful for him. But you think of all the things that you say, like like what you're talking about, where you just like toss something off, and and it's it's impressive when those things are beneficial. I I, I remember hearing from a. I mean, I read this thing in a in a in a book about teaching catechetics and. Teach, try to convert uh, converting the converting the baptized. I think was the name of the book yeah. by uh, William O'Malley. You know, S.J. You know, and so he said something about uh, the reason, that, the way that you can be first and last. You know, like when Jesus says the first will be last and the last will be first. He says he said the way that 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 that's the case is there's only one person in the race and you're the guy, you know, so you're, you're actually running against yourself, not against other people. Yeah. And I remember hearing that and thinking, man, that's great. So I said it one time in class, I tossed it off. And uh, a couple years later, this, this woman comes up to me and says, my son was in your class and you told him that, and it's just helped him so much in life. And I'm like, Oh, wow. And then how many times have I said something stupid, you know, or something offensive inadvertently, you know, where, yeah. And, and that's, that's a, cause I know, I, I remember I had a teacher that, that taught me in, in high school. And when I went back to teach at that high school, uh, you know, I, I was really nervous about because I asked a question that, that I thought was, uh, that I was, it was a genuine question, you know, and it was a sincere question. Cause he's saying that if you put, if you put, it was a physics class and he was talking about transfer of heat or something, but like, if you put your hand in, uh, in one hand in hot water and one hand yeah. in cold water, and then you put them both in in lukewarm water, room temperature water. the The hand that was in the hot water will feel like it's freezing. Yeah, hand, it's like the exothermic yeah. and endothermic. And and so, and I asked, I said, "Oh, well, if you do that, like if you take your hand out and you put it into the the lukewarm water out of the cold water, will you get blisters?" And he's like, "No, it's lukewarm water." And I was like. Okay, never ask this person a question again. He totally shut me off to him. Yeah. And and the thing was, I was I was wondering if and the 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 legitimate question is like if you do that, will your mind cause a psychosomatic uh reaction in your body that that'll make something happen that yeah. you know, so it wasn't I didn't think it was a stupid question, but but it took me a long time to get over that with yeah. this guy and and I know that with my with my students and with my children I, I'll say things sometimes like, oh, gosh, why are you so dumb about this? You know, and, and I don't usually say that they're stupid or anything like that. But sometimes I'll say something and 
it'll mean nothing to me. I called, I called when I was substitute teaching early on in my career one time, this kid did something and I called him a turkey thinking no one's offended by right. that. Yes. And he, he got his feelings hurt, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and it, it, it really is tough. And, and certainly I think, um, you know, you and I that suffer from verbosity, you know, there's just more ammo out there. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah, that's terrifying, right? And you're and then that's one of the things that scares the crap out of me about judgment, where you're supposed to give an account for every idle word, and I'm oh. like, oh my god, I'm like yeah. an auctioneer of idle words, right? You know, right. Like, it's <laughs> And and just like Lord have mercy on me, but uh, you know, I, did, you you you'll tell me because you listened to the podcast recently. I think um, did I? I don't remember if I cut this part out of an interview or if I left it in, but I talked about the uh, uh, the movie The Mission. Yes, was it in there? Yes. Yeah. So you're lugging that sin around for for yeah. all this time, and I I, I think what, I had a priest tell me one time that that. That uh, that in the seminary he was told to be a lion on the pulpit and a lamb in the confessional. Yes, and I think that is so true. Yeah, in my experience, anyway. Every time I've gone to confession, uh, God is way more merciful and more more tender than I am, even to myself. You know, yeah. the, the longer I stay away from confession, the 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 more I judge myself. And I'm, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like God is so much gentler than we are with, with, with ourselves. And it is the, it is the, it is the toughest sacrament for sure. And I, you know, I have to be, the thing that's always a challenge there, and you're, you're, you're better about this because, you know, you're, you can coach me up Catholic wise, I'm sure, um, is, I feel like they, or I think, not I feel, I think they need to have more of, Hey, you know, here's how to do a good, like they're good about doing, here's how to do a good confession. And I get all that, you know, as far as the examination of conscience. Time-wise, I feel like, I think they need to have more of, hey, you know, if you're going and it's, you go fortnightly, let's, you know, kind of keep it about, you know, two to three minutes because we got a queue. Yeah. And, and I mean, because I, honestly, I don't think priests are objective enough about you know because i remember father bolding had a good you know thing selling you on hey there's a lot of great catholics here and a lot of you are really bad about going to confession let me think of the reasons why i think some of the reason why is you, the line's gonna be like 15 20 deep and yeah. i got you know i got i got and this is horrible and, and and obviously this is most important but it is hard to that to where i'm i'm popping out of this world to you know because i have to live in it and i need to do this and and there's people that take a very long time. To yeah. Well, you know, is that a wrong a, thought? Is this a sin that I'm mentioning this right no, now? No. Well, <laughs> no, I don't think so. And you know, it's funny because we used to have confession at St. Thomas every day, and um, Father John uh, took that out. Like we had it every afternoon. But what happened was a word got out, and so people from all the surrounding parishes would come, and then our own parishioners couldn't get in to yeah. go to confession and then very often it's the it's it's these um scrupulous people that will go in right and they'll take this really long time and they're and they're there every week or every day or whatever and um so i i think it's a, this is one of those balancing act things where uh, i have a friend who struggles with scrupulosity and, and like he'll 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 sometimes text me right after he's gone to confession he's like hey, you know i i just ate a red light or something you know do i need to go back to confession and i'll be like you know uh, trust God's mercy. Just bring it up if you really are struggling yeah. with that. But bring it, bring it up at your regular. Like I told him, you need to have a regularly scheduled 
time for confession and just stick to that and go once yeah. a month and, and make it like first Saturday of the month or first whatever. And then because I do think I, I think you're right. I think that I, I, I well, you know, it's funny. I, I go to a psychiatrist to, for, for attention deficit disorder. Right. Yeah. And everything that I've seen on TV about doctor's appointments with a psychiatrist is not the case. Like I remember the first time I, I found out that I needed to get um, uh, medicine for this, I went to this guy and he he just was like, wrote me a bunch of prescriptions and got me out the door. It was like five minutes. And I was like, this isn't right. This feels like he's my pusher. Yeah. So I found another doctor that I really liked. And this guy, I, I talked to him for five or 10 minutes and then he writes me the prescriptions. And it's never, ever like lean back on the couch. It's not psychotherapy, you know? Yeah. And, I, and I thought, well, that's what psychiatrists do, you know? And and so my notion of what what it what it means to go to a psychiatrist was totally ill formed based on on the Sopranos and Monk yeah. and you know all those all those different shows like that and and my experience was totally different and so I think that a lot of times people will go to confession thinking that it's uh, it's a counseling session right and so then they'll they'll drag out these things and and sometimes they like to confess the sins of their spouses and their their friends right. and I remember. Um, I remember one time I just went in with my little grocery list of I haven't there's an app you can get uh it's called um Laudate uh and oh, yeah. it has it has like everything there's other ones that are probably even better but um I like this Laudate app but it has a it has a examination of conscience yeah. on there you take that you you click all the bunny the button the bunnies you click all the buttons on it like did you do this did you do that and then you go to confession you just you you like print report kind of thing and it and it just says okay confess these things, and I went in one time with with that sort of laundry list. It's like okay you know here, you know father here it is I've you know I've coveted my my neighbor's uh, donkey you know right that's one nobody ever commits right, right? right. Uh, but <laughs> you know you know I, I you know I gluttony lust whatever yeah. you can make the list five times six times and like great thank you thank the Lord for a good confession and I was like huh like. Because I want to, I, I always want to be like explaining things. Well, like I did this, but I'm not sure if it's a sin yeah. because of this, and this is a situation. That See, my I learned like it that I mean, former way. Is it's just you know, like the the priest growing up. I remember he said, "If you lied, say you lied. If you know the amount of times, say the amount of times. If you don't say, I lied a lot of times. Like move on. And yeah. and if you missed one after, you were you you're, you're forgiven for yeah, it. Yeah. You don't have to you don't have to worry about that." Because I and I think some of it was there were fifty kids in line. Like yeah. we, I mean, we don't have time for this. Yeah. And but I think there's some truth to that because some other people, you know, there's also this I think desire to monopolize the priest time with stuff. Well, too. I think and, I think it's a weird thing. I, I know that I have this this uh, struggle. Is and, and, and thanks be to God, I'm, I'm I'm getting over it, or I think I'm over it anyway. But the, with the self-loathing that I have, like I like I I just uh, I I I think I'm really great, and then I also think I'm really bad. And it's not that I'm really bad; it's that I'm the worst, you know. And so right. it's like, which is a which is a. It, I'm still really great. I'm really great at being bad, you know. Yeah. And so now I'm the worst of the of the worst instead of I'm just a normal guy, you know. So I think there's some people who feel like like. You know, if you only understood me, Lord, or Father, you wouldn't be so quick to grant me absolution because I'm, you know, because like, I've done this, this, you know, they go on and on and on. But, but I do think it's, I think you're right. I think you need to, and, and I think, I think the other thing that's important, and I think why this would be a good thing for, to hear from the, from the priest or the pulpit or something, like how to do a confession, is that, uh, 
the God, God's not so concerned about all that. Like, uh, who, who was it? I think I just read this the other day and I might've mentioned it in the other podcast. Um, but I think it was Peter Crave said that God, God wants you to think about your sins before you commit them. And the devil wants you to think about your sins after you commit yeah. them. And so when you, when you've, when you've committed a sin, you just need, you need to go and God already knows, right? You're, what you're doing is owning it. You're saying, okay, Lord, I did this. I did it this many times. Yeah. And, and, uh, and I mean, the, and the priest doesn't want to hear this. He's just, he's, in play, you know, this is yeah. his role as a sacrament. And it is one of those where you also want, and I think it's the balancing. You don't want to say, you know, you don't want to do the, the sin of presumption where I can do whatever I want. Yeah, I'll yeah, just roll yeah. in. But I, I honestly think the, uh, a father would be well served to, without tamping down on people's desire to be pious, you know, to, Camp down on you, you. Do have to realize like there's only so many of us. Right. There's only so many hours. Well, it might be. And, it might be this sort of thing where you say, "This this took a very long time." If next time, if you think you have a long confession, make an appointment and we can do it more right. in private. And and uh, and I think that would be a good way to do it. But you know, I, I mean, you don't want to be a total blow off, but you don't also don't. Yeah. But if but if you're going to a parish. I love this is God weighing yeah. in on our Maybe conversation. Maybe he's against my yeah, thought yeah. and uh, <laughs> make it as long as possible. <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, if you're going to a parish where there's a line in the confessional, I think that's a good problem to have. You know, I I, I totally agree. Yeah. I think um, you know, but the, it is weird when you have to show up like a half hour or 45 minutes before just to get your place in that, line. That's a frustrating part I had. I had um, hail. Whoa! This weather—it's like apocalyptic. Yes, I—I I, I think I had best move on from this subject because that's no, funny. Um, but anyway, yeah, it is a—it is an interesting thought, and I think one of the other things that's, um, you know, the the um, the prayer confession at the beginning of of mass, you know, uh, the mea culpa at the beginning of mass. Like that does absolve you of venial sins yeah, on that, yeah. and the grander scheme of things. I think if if you read kind of theology right, you know, you you ju- you also just can't get a big absolution at the at the end of, of you dying, and you'll somehow forego purgatory. I mean the 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 goal, you know, the desire to sin needs to be purged out of you, right? Yeah, and you know, I if anybody has. Um, gotten rid of the desire of sin, you know, through life. I mean, you know, God bless them because you know, I, I, that's that's the challenge that um, you know you realize it's like I'm 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 not to your point. I'm not as horrible as I think I am, but I'm also not as great as I am. Well, and, the, and this is this is the thing, right? Is that like you know, going back to the bridge over the river Kwai, You know, where it's like you 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 start doing something that's good. And you think this is it, right? And then you realize, okay, it's 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 actually become something that's not good. Yes. And so uh, th- that that you, you there's and I think I think this is the way the, the devil operates is like as soon as I was having I had the the dinner conversation with the last uh, my last guest we were talking about this about how the devil it seems like it it doesn't really matter like the devil doesn't care whether you're well, how how he gets you, right? He just wants to get you. So right. so you could be you could be the prostitute who is selling her body uh, and and committing fornication nonstop, and he's got you that way. But then you can become the reformed prostitute who 
who is so prudish and judgmental of anyone who is is who resembles any part of what she did before that that now she's good because she's not a prostitute anymore but but she's replaced one sin for another right. sin and 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 we do that you know we do that all the time so like you know like you might you, you said you had this you'd grown uh you know lukewarm yeah and then you you come back uh and and sometimes you do that you come back and then you're so zealous that you you judgmental of anybody who's lukewarm yeah and you forget and i you know it's funny i don't know if i mentioned this in the last podcast or not but i, I was listening to the one that we did with um when the one that I did with Simone while I was while I was walking around. When you called into her show. Yeah, when I called into Simone's show, yeah. I, I was listening to the, the podcast again after it had been produced and released just to hear how it sounded. And I got to the part where I, again, this is funny because I just kind of offhandedly threw out um, the, the reference to the Old Testament where uh, where God's God's commandment to the Israelites is remember that you at one point were a stranger and a sojourner in the land yourself, you mm -hmm. know, and and I started to to tear up, and it's funny because I'm the guy saying it and I'm making myself cry, yeah. you know, and I'm thinking about it, but but I was thinking, you know, that's it was it was really interesting because that really kind of sums up what I think I want my life to be about is to is I I I know how 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 hard it was for me to be a stranger and a sojourner. Uh, out in the world, you know, how I didn't, you know, as a, as a sinner, but I also just not feeling like I fit in in some places. And, and, and I think a theme that's run through my life is, is that theme of hospitality, like, okay, I, I, I don't want other people to be left out. Yeah. And so, so for me, uh, I think that really is something that's very much, a, uh, very much a, um, uh, a thing that I want to focus on and the way that I interact with people the way, I mean, the, the, this podcast is that too, you know, that, that I, I want people to feel welcome and, and to not feel left out. And, yeah. and, uh, and so, uh, that, that's, I, why am I even, no, I hate it when I do that, but I, like, I think about that anyway, is just that, that that's, that's, a, that's a goal that I have. And so, um, I, I, I try to be aware of like, you know, like I, I think, I think it's good to 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 have that conversion experience, like you know, going from being lukewarm to being hot. Yeah. And it's, but it's also important to remember that you weren't always luke, you weren't you weren't right. always hot. Yeah. You know, and the people that aren't hot aren't all necessarily bad. And and like they, you know, you don't know you don't know you know like I, uh, my my uh, my former boss uh, Scott Whitfield used to say, you know, you're the only sinner, you're the worst sinner, you know. Because you're the only sinner, you know, right? And and that that is something that I that I, I try to keep in mind, you know. And so, so the the I mean, watch how we close all this stuff up. We are almost at the end here, but um, <laughs> but the, the 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 prescriptivist grammarian, you know, who's saying it has to be this way. Uh, that's that's low stakes. Doesn't mean anything, you know. But the prescriptivist Catholic who says if you don't receive communion on the tongue. You're, you're, then you're actually causing the coronavirus, right. you know, or or the person who says, you know, like anybody who um, wants to pray in Latin is just trying to alienate people, and and they're just, you know, that it's they're right. so dumb, you know, like both both of those extremes I think are wrong, and it's like I I I love praying in Latin, 
when um, I don't go to the Latin Mass, but I when I when I've been, it's been really uh, profound and yeah. beautiful experience. But I also like the Novus Ordo Mass, right. and I and I and I don't. Oh boy. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't love like vapid music, and I no. don't love all that stuff. But, but I love Jesus, you know, and yeah. I love, I love his church, and I love, the, I love that people are there. And so, people like, who like the the song on Eagles' Wings, I think, will get to heaven somehow. Somehow, despite, yeah, despite no, their, no, you're funny. Uh, <laughs> uh, my, that's my mother's favorite hymn, and I just oh, shake my head. I know. Uh, you know, there's. Do you know who? Um, uh, I think it's Ma- Maureen Malarkey is. You know who she is? No. She's a she's a super conservative Catholic art critic, and I I'd never encountered anybody who was like she she really thinks like uh, that that Saint Faustina and the whole Divine Mercy thing is just kind of a is bananas. You know, it's like kind of over. Like she doesn't she doesn't like it. Oh. And and I never read anybody like that. But but then I was, then I I saw that when it first came out the the uh, the the divine mercy thing that it was it was originally prohibited from being uh, uh, used and followed by by Catholics because it kind of was like a trendy thing that and and the church said no like there's too many errors in her writing or something yeah and then it became okay and then John Paul the uh, second made her a saint makes a Sunday after Easter divine mercy Sunday and so it's weird when you're when you're just used to accepting that everything that the church does is good and, and there's, there's this constant up, you know, the, 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 the growth line is right. a straight line, you know, and then you realize, Oh, wait a minute. You well, know? even worse people who act in today and think, Oh, well back in 1880, everything was perfect, you yeah. know, or, or 1780 when we had the papal state. I mean, it's just, yeah. there was always, pro- there were always problems. Well, the there, thing that, the mean, thing that gets me is the people who are, who act like, the the priestly abuse scandal is because people aren't following humanae vitae or because of the Novus Ordo Mass. And you're like, wait a minute, oh. most of these cases were before humanae vitae, right. during the Latin Mass, you know, and like, and, and Jesus didn't say the Mass in Latin. The first, the Last Supper was not in right. Latin, you know, 100% that's right. true, you know. And, and and the quote that bringing this back to the very beginning, the the famous quote, which is attributed to uh, St. John Henry Newman, although everything is either him or Augustine, it seems like, uh, you know, if it's anything literary. But he talked about when he converted, the one thing he missed the most was the liturgy oh, in funny. English. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and so because it is a rich liturgy, whether yeah. you like it or not. I mean, the the English language is a very it's a it's a beautiful language when yeah. used properly. Yeah. Um, and it was. And so. There was always this desire to have your your mass in the vernacular to some degree, and so to act as though, you know, it's it's heretical and this is a uh, um, a Jesuit conspiracy, yeah. you know, to somehow uh, yeah. You know, and I think I think Norvis Ordo created this. It's like that's just silly. Yeah, I, I think, and I think that I think there's this constant and why you know it's funny because when before I interviewed you, I thought we were going to have a more political conversation. Yeah, and it could, maybe it's because you look like that guy that. I told you about the, the, guy, the history yeah. guy or whatever, but also well, I can come back and do that. Well, I'm that'd certain. be great, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I I wasn't expecting this conversation, which is great. I mean, was, I, I really enjoyed it, but uh, I thought I thought it was going to go more political, and and I and I think that there's a there's a politicization of the of the of the church, the politicization of society. You know, the whole the whole like. I hope my father-in-law doesn't slip. He's walking oh. outside the window here. There's his dog. So, um, 
but you know, I'm really put off by the tribalism yes. in, in the church and um, especially on social media and things like that. Uh, and no, and you, you frankly brought me around to realizing or at least keeping in front of mind that this is supposed to be a conversation the way you would have with a family or I think of like a a board of like a, you know, organization to where we're all on the same page and we all want, we all believe in these truths, you know, and, and we all have the same, you know, mission to, of sorts versus political to where, you know, we were, we're here to drag this out. And, and so I, I brought you around to this podcast being that way or the, the way that no, we brought life? you around that we should be, we should be thinking ourselves as being in this, this organization, the church is this organization where we all, you know, to your point, want to become a saint. Like that's the end of it. And we think, you know, Christ church is, is our journey to that. And too many on sites I used to think I was part of were really this, you know, oh, did you see what so-and-so said? Slam. And here's my, you know, 10 minute diatribe against them. It's just like, I, I found myself essentially turned off from the people I used to really listen to because it's just not how you treat somebody that's in the church trying to help you. Yeah. And, and, and social media in general is so weird. Like I, I remember seeing a a thing where it was a, like it was, it was, if it was, it was a contrast. It was like walking down the street and somebody steps in front of you and you go, Oh, pardon me. And I'm like, no, no problem. Yeah. But that same thing in cars. And it's like, you mother effer, I'm going to kill you. And then you yes. like road rage. And online, it's like if somebody says something, people will immediately jump down their throats and make it crazy. And and uh, it's weird when you forget. Like, I remember Sting had a song called Russians. Do you remember that song? Oh, yeah, yeah. And Which it, used the Lieutenant, uh, uh, the Lieutenant KJ um uh, Pete Prokofiev's piece is in there. That's the theme underneath. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, but he says, uh, he says, I think the Russians love their children too. Yeah. And I remember this is, that came out in like the late eighties, I think. And it was like, so the the cold war was still going on, you know? And, and I, that it's funny because that's, that's a, that there's a little line of, of literature, maybe or pop culture stuff. You know, he's a, he's a ska guy, you know, whatever originally the police did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And, and yet that, that, that one phrase has stuck with me. For so long, I, I had I had a supervisor at one point in my life that I thought was a total asshat, and and I just would and I thought everything this guy did was totally stupid, is you know misinformed and and bad, you know. And his children would run up to him sometimes after school, "Daddy, Daddy, Daddy, I love you." And I'm like, "All right, you're a human. You're not yeah. you're not an you're not this idea that I hate. You're you're a human being with kids that love you. Yes, and that means that." you're probably okay. You know, yeah. like, like if your kids love you and, and I, so, you know, I think that about the Russians, but then I think that about like, I, th- I think that about the the Muslims, you know, like, like it's so easy in, in our day and age to, Oh, Muslim terrorists are all bad. And like most Muslims are probably as lukewarm about their faith as, as most Catholics, you know, like yeah. they, they just, they just do what they do because that's what they, they do. And in the end, they love their kids, you know, and, th- and there may be people in Palestine who are indoctrinating their kids to hate Jews and yeah. all that stuff might be true. But it's also true that people love their children and, and people love their wives, you know, like the, you know, the notion that every Muslim man is somehow a wife beater and 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 doesn't love his wife and that the wife doesn't love her husband. That's just that can't be right, you know, and yeah. and when we remember that that the world is filled with uh, people just like you 
that's important and fallen people you know what right. i mean so like when they screw up that's not that shouldn't surprise you right. you know but don't be a part of the problem right like no like, and it is that you know it's that uh you know image image likeness of god as, yeah. as we all know and uh is that I want to sound like a Protestant. Is that Genesis two twenty four? I feel like. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't know the actual. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I I'm very is. Catholic in my scriptural uh, recitations. Yeah. You need but, to, uh, Well, you know what? The 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 uh, chapter and verse are not inspired, so uh, I'm going to use that. So, no, it's true, yeah. and it's funny yeah. because I remember I, I, I get this email sometimes from people, and it's like the very center of the Bible, and they would do this thing like the, the very the very. Uh, like you know, they're, 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 they they do this whole thing with the math, and there are sixty six books in the Bible, and then the very middle book in the Bible is Psalm one nineteen, uh, and and the very middle verse of Psalm one nineteen is this thing, and it's like God loves you or something, and I'm like, oh, but there's seventy three books in the Bible, yeah. <laughs> you know, and like like it only works if you're a Protestant. So and the like, King James and Dewey rhymes the they're psong, off, they're they're off, off by a yeah, song. Yeah. So uh, it's funny, and uh, and so you know that that sort of thing is like. That's yeah. the sort of thing that I think is interesting because people are so attracted to that. Where like, like, oh, did you hear that? Like, like the, when the Bible code was a thing, away, you know, right. many years ago. It's like, you know, oh, it's funny. I don't know if uh, I mentioned in the um, <laughs> in the Simone uh, podcast at the very beginning. I did this little bad um, accent about. Uh, you know, an old beat up Chevy Impala with Azaro. Yes, license. yes, but yes. Did you find? Did you follow the link to the? <clears throat> to no, the I did not. No. So there was a comedy group, <clears throat> and they were they were, they were based out of Chicago, Japuza. Do you know those guys? I don't. Um, so there's an intentional Christian community, JP USA, Jesus People USA. They, yeah. They're based in area code three one two, Chicago. Oh, That's how I know it. Yeah. Of a, you know, Res Band. You ever hear them? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So the same same group of people. Okay. I mean, not the same band, but the same uh, uh, community. Yeah. And so this this thing that they do is uh, this, they had this one album that was like a comedy sketch uh, stuff that was really funny, and um, uh, they the the opening the opening track is the, uh, this guy who's who's a, a, a you know his, his his ministry is is backward masking. Do you remember that the craze in the eighties when yes. Christians were like playing music backwards and right. they'd hear like yes to hear like uh, number nine or whatever. Yeah, or, yeah, number number nine by the Beatles. It right. says "Turn Your Own Dead yeah. Man." Turn, yes. You know. So anyway, it's funny because they, in the in the sketch, the the uh, uh, the guy says, "Okay, this this is a piece from an album called Wanton Violence. It's all about a riot in a Chinese restaurant and." Uh, and listen to the lyrics. And so you play it forward and it's like, we're wicked and we're vile, we're corrupted and we're sick. We're going straight to hell and we're taking you with us. Ha <laughs> ha, you know, just for kicks, you know. And uh, and so then he says, the host that, that has this guy on, you know, the, the fake host, he says, wow, that's something crazy. And then while he's saying that's, that's terrible, the guy's going, as you can see, played forwards, it's perfectly innocent <laughs> lyrics. But played backwards, you can hear it, you know, and then and yeah. you play it backwards and it's, Sin do now, gabba gabba do double park too. You know, and the the this whole thing is funny. It's like I I can hear it, and like the, yeah. the the audience goes crazy. They start throwing chairs around. Like oh, I, I feel this urge to double park. Yeah, and, and I think I think we're so quick to to do that sort of thing where it's like oh, there's a secret message here, or there's like oh, if you really like this Gnosticism is super yes. appealing to people. Yes. And, uh, and, and, and that's just not the, that's not the way of the gospel, you know, it's no. not, um, you know, he came for everybody. I, 
we can go on forever, but we, this is too long. Um, oh, we're gonna we might have to break it into two parts. Ooh. We could do that. All I right. Think. But I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Because you still haven't answered the question, right? right? The last question is: you've you've made it to the end of your life. Oh yes. And now there's a Saint uh, Mark Rothermel. Yes. And what does a parish animated by your uh, your charism look like? So I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a, a little hint, right? Yeah. Uh, I remember seeing. Uh, a sign for you know there's um there's two saint james right there's right. just james lesser, the greater, greater and james yeah. the lesser so there was <laughs> there was a a sign on the side of the road that said saint james the less catholic church <laughs> instead of <laughs> instead of saint james the less catholic church <laughs> mine would be very uh very mark mark the yeah mark the less um uh, compared to i mean you know being, uh, being, I will always be lesser than the, um, than a gospel writer. So yeah. that's right there. You're kind of, uh, you're battling for, um, so, but the, the thing I would, um, so what, what would yeah. your parish look like? So uh, the parish would be a beautiful church, like old Gothic stained glass, very traditional. Um, the wood floors, like in, um, if you ever go to the Salt Lake, uh, oh, Salt no, Lake no. City, uh, Basilica, it's just wood floors that, they creak that way. I, I hear they have like really cheeky uh, Bible verses on the on the on the walls at that because it's like it's like thou you know you are Peter and upon this rock yeah. I will build. So it's all stuff that kind of like basically Mormonism is is bunk. You yeah, know, like, all that, all so, nice. Yeah, uh, it is a well. It does if you look. It looks. It's up on bait. Built on the hill, and it looks down upon the temple. That's kind of awesome. Thing. So it is great. <laughs> Sorry, that yeah. maybe that's one of those cheeky laughs. Yeah, but, but uh, it is is hilarious. Uh, but uh, it would be beautiful like that. It would be traditional hymns, um, you know, and um, it would be that um, just, I think, the reverence for holy. The other thing is people would have to dress up. Um, I just always, um, yes, God will take you however you're dressed, and I understand that, but... You know, you're going to dress up, you know, I think someone mentioned this on, on the podcast by a firm believer. You're going to dress up for a job or whatever. You're going to go dress up visiting a client. But to go visit the king of kings, you're just going to roll in. And, yeah, and if the queen you know, showed up and yeah. she's not even your queen. Right, yeah. You, know, you, wouldn't just, look like you, know, you were visiting the king of kings. Yeah. How do you really, how would you, you know, go visit his house? And I always just think about that to wear. I should, you know, it was, I used to wear a suit every day to work and then I'd wear a golf shirt to to mass. I'm like, something's off on that. So mm. I think you'd be, and everybody talks about whenever they see like old time pictures. Oh, isn't it nice when everybody dressed up? It's like, you can fix that. Yeah. That's right, right yeah. Here. Well, that's how I remember uh, the first time I wore flip flops on an airplane. I was like, I felt like I was committing a mortal sin. Yeah. Because when I was growing up, you wore, you, you you wore, wore slacks. Slacks. Yeah. yeah the whole that thing. was my, my mother would lay out, um, you know, clothes Sunday for clothes. flying. Yeah. yeah, for flying. Yeah. Which is an interesting World War One thing, uh, when everybody was, you know, you know, armed forces were attacking their towns and they had to escape. This is like in Eastern Europe and and Russia and things like that. So all the all the peasants of these towns, all the people, all you know, because they were tra they put on their traveling clothes, which was their nicest clothes they have. So oh, there were these visions of all these people in their Sunday best, you know, escaping with all their stuff in the middle of a war. That's that's. Yeah. Yeah, that's a podcast you should be doing right there. That right. stuff. But yeah. okay, so uh, anyway, the, sorry. But the, anyway, but the people are like you'd, what? You'd be, um, you know, I think the people would be um, formal. Um, I would want they wouldn't be overly, you know, um, 
they probably err on the side of being more formal than not, which is just, I think, kind of one of those things. But I think the hymns would be pretty. I think, um, you know, the, the, the liturgy, it would, you would definitely know that something sacred was going on. It would be sacred time yes. in the Mass, yes. not, not just more so, of the same. Right, but you, you would definitely uh, be able to speak English because so, it is a beautiful language. So it wouldn't be all Latin, mm-hmm. um, but you, it, you would definitely be uncomfortable if you were um, not formally dressed. Okay, uh, and that's it. That's a so, and then well, that would be the style of the church. I think you know from there it would be definitely trying to attract those that um, go down the path of reading their way in. Okay, you know, go down the intellectual curiosity route because I think there are so many intellectual people and so many smart people that choose to have this really, you know, again, kind of that third grade. You know, catechesis, and I, you know. So you're you're saying it would be a place where people, uh, where they've 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 corrected that mistake, where where it's a it's a place where people are are fully, uh, fully formed in their like their that their catechesis and their professional development are on par with each other. Yes, I think there is definitely that, and I think there's that. Willingness to reach out to this person's really smart. It blows my mind that they're not in our church. Interesting. So, so you would have a your outreach would be to uh, basically wasps. Uh, yeah, that's a good way. Of it. <laughs> or at least just your academics to where they like thinking. And they, yeah. I mean, like it, it is a crime when you think about all of these people who have such brilliant philosophical minds, medical minds, things like that, and and. That, where I used to be angry and, and just think how dumb they were. It really upset me. Like it's, it upsets me when you go read the Enlightenment and you realize how is someone like Hume or Gibbon so anti-clerical? Yeah. Like though, we need those minds. We need yeah, them yeah, yeah. on our side. Huh. That's really interesting. I, I'm, I, I really like your answer because it's challenging me. Like I want to, I want to, I want to add things to it and fix it, you know, like make it more like my mind of what my church would look yeah. like. But, but I, but it seems to me like, well, maybe uh, it can be Saint Mark and Rob, you know. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Peter and Paul, the or, saints, know. saints, uh, yeah. loquacious and whatever our, our uh, monk names are after. Yeah, loquacious and what's the other verbose? Uh, yeah, no, but uh, <laughs> I, I mean, it's interesting because I think I think there's the um, the idea that. Uh, I mean, it's, it's one of the things I love about the church is that there's a saint for everybody. There's somebody who speaks to you, you know. Yeah. And so, for some people, that's that's like a Cardinal Newman, right? And for other people, it's like a Mother Teresa, or even like you know, when you have, you know, the story about John Vianney, yeah, uh, trying to pass his his uh, his clerical exams, or whatever, and he 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 doesn't he doesn't know anything basically, uh, yeah. and. And they ask him this one scripture, and it's like it just happens to be the only scripture that he knows in Latin <laughs> or something. And I don't know if that's apocryphal or not, but the idea that there's there are definitely like a, there are some some saints who are intellectually like a bag of hammers, you know, and yeah. and but their love is so great that that's what matters. And um, but but I think there's definitely a need for a parish like what you're talking about that um, that will that will uh, be a proper and, and reasonable place you know yeah. so and so i'm not going to fix it for you i'm not i think that's you think you're good all right, all right. thanks yeah so um any do you have any online presence or anything that i should share with people 
Um, oh, I, I never asked you about donuts. Dang it. Oh, yeah. So, oh, well. Well, we will have to do a part two. Um, nothing that's fully built yet. So kind of uh, the journey's ongoing. I think if I ever do a part two, um, I think something will be more built up because I'm trying to, I think, uh, clean up my writings. Not that they were dirty, but just more of if I'm going to have a, a writing presence that it's more of consistent. I sure, think, yeah. You know, Ability-wise. Well, start, uh, you know, the best time to plant a tree is 25 years ago and today, today you know, right, so right. Um, I need to do that. Now I have a website, um, but it's nothing. Um, um, despite it being a Chestertonian quote, it's nothing ready to, uh, to have uh, publicized. Yeah. What, what is the Chestertonian? So it's, it's from the uh, one only sees, uh, you know, great things from the Valley and small um, things from the, um, you know, whatever that so is. Not, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that's, uh, Humility is the mother of giants is how it begins. Yeah. Yeah. And one that's only good. Sees, so. All right. Well, we'll I'd love to see that when it comes around. This is a, yeah, I don't think there's any way. None of this was worth cutting out, so it has okay. to be split in half. I okay. Think. So, all right. Anyway, God bless you, and thank you for being here. And thanks to my in-laws for letting us use their house again. And uh, talk to you soon, and talk to everybody else some other time. <laughs> Bye. Well, there you have it. Episode seven is in the bag, and you've listened to the whole thing. Way to go! Uh, if you did that without going to the bathroom. You have an amazing bladder. Um, we're going to keep this show going during the COVID-19 crisis of 2020. So if you are interested, let me know and I will phone you and uh, invite you to do a remote interview. I think that would be great. Uh, this means that uh, if we have any viewers in Wyoming or California or uh, places like that, that it would be a good time for you to call in and talk. Peace. Love you too. So just talk naturally right now. Okay. And we'll see how I this tend sounds. to have a megaphone voice, so that's okay. this is well, that's good. I need someone to out Okay. Out voice and me. also like I'll get when I get more excited, I talk louder. So well, you're Rothermill, you're not like an Italian, but you're Italian on your mom's side or Mom's side is Italian. Yeah, that so, explains everything. Yes. So I'll just if I want you, if I want you to lower your voice, I'll I'll hold your hands down. Okay, yes. Uh, that'll be good. Yeah, my um yeah, I I'm definitely more Italian vocally than uh <laughs> That's funny. Okay, uh, we'll stop here. Okay.